Crikey, what a card we had. I can't do an Australian accent, so I'm not going to bother. Like last week, I, said, I think it was last week, I said bonjour, and I didn't even bother trying to add the French. Same thing in this situation, although I do have probably a better Australian accent than I do a French one. But anyway, UFC 293, we got the secret juice unsheathed today because I figured middleweight division, just let it show in all its glory. <laughs> but to get into this main event, man, I mean, could be, we'll get into it, one of the bigger upsets in MMA history. But Sean Strickland defeated Israel Adesanya by unanimous decision. 49-46 is across the board, and he is the UFC middleweight champion. So before we get into all the craziness that could come of this fight, let's talk about the fight itself. What did you think of this one for, for Mr. Strickland? So, all right, so for Mr. Strickland, I mean, like, there's really nothing. If you actually, you know, watch the fight, like, you see that. I <clears throat> Sean Strickland was just a step ahead of the champion like the entire time and you kind of I mean like if the knock the knockdown in the first round wasn't indicative of how the rest of the fight was probably gonna go and I know it's obviously a championship fight and you know obviously you know championship rounds like not everyone's built for that but dude this dude Sean Strickland man like you know from the jump, he's just always just like, he just doesn't even, he don't care. You just put someone on the opposite side of him and he's just looking to bash their face in. And he, I, I, I was hearing some stuff like, you know, pre-fight, like during, you know, lead, the week of and whatnot leading up, like he's probably going to try to work his wrestling more because obviously with, you know, Adesanya, not really typically the guy you're trying to stand with, stand and bang with. Like Sean, even like Sean Strickland exactly says, like sometimes you just look at a guy and he's like, I want to stand and bang with this guy. And he did not shoot for one takedown, not one. So. It, dude, it's, re it's really like crazy in that sense because, you know, it's like I, I, I said it before, you know, um, like, okay, let's start out with Sean Strickland. It's like, dude, I like when I think about this fight and I can't help like start talking about Adesanya, it's like, you know, like what was like what was even really going on out there? It was that was like super strange on his end. I like, don't know if it was like a style thing because Strickland. You know, I said this on Instagram too. In a way, he almost had everything going for him in this fight because I think a lot of people, like really a lot of people, did not give him much of a chance. And if you think about it. He really had no external pressure coming in, like, because no one was going to be mad if Sean Strickland lost, you know what I mean? And he went out there and just systematically picked him apart, and it was incredible. I mean, the one-two was on all night. His uh, Philly Shell style, like, that, I think that awkward head movement definitely had, caused Izzy some problems. And then just elite defense. I put this stat here because I feel like it's just worth noting. Izzy went, in terms of like significant strikes, he went 94 of 271, which is 34%. Like, he, yeah. Sean made him miss. Like, that's a big part of this. Like, he won this fight a lot. It had a lot to do with defense, too. And his offense, you know, when Izzy's only landing 34% of the time, those one-twos are really going to do damage. And we were talking before the show about those straight punches are going to get to the target quicker than the, you know, looping shots. And it looked like Izzy the whole fight was just trying to counter Sean and this, 
the simple boxing, the one twos, it's just, it just seemed to be the, like, I guess, just the kryptonite, I guess, to that counter-striking game plan. Because we even saw for the knockdown, Izzy's trying to throw a, a left hook over the top and Strickland hits him with one two and dropped him. Like, it's incredible that he just beat one of the greatest strikers in MMA history using, like, very fundamental boxing. And, like, that's basically it. Like, some teeps and leg kicks here and there. He's checking the leg kicks pretty well, actually, and or moving with them. But, and then, the obviously, cutting off the cage the way he did, just, I think that that gave Izzy, like, less chances to really go for a shot or, like, something crazy. And it just limited him. Like, Izzy's a very creative striker. I don't think you can do as much from that little range because he was really cutting off the center. And that was the whole fight, all 25 minutes. But, yeah, <laughs> this is this crazy. This was yeah, crazy. Now, I'll ask you this because I kind of opened the show with it. Is this the biggest upset in UFC history? Um, uh, I... I you know the more I think about this one thing, the more I'm inclined to say yes because like it doesn't even really make sense how we got to this point. How obviously it starts with you know Pierre Pierre beating Strickland, and then Pierre beats Adesanya, then Adesanya beats Pierre again, and Sean Strickland beats Israel Adesanya, and it's like you know. I think there's like very like little divisions. I feel like you see, but like the middleweight division, ever since middle, ever since Adesanya lost the title for the first time, I think from that moment it's like okay, this is literally anybody's division to take and like hold for the you know, the, like you know the next ten years pretty much, and you know if if that if I like mean, who knows though because. Right now, I think this division is more exciting than it has been in a while because there's so many options. Like, Strickland could have the rematch without Asanya. To be honest, I guess I'll just take it right here. I mean, like, Asanya, he deserves, like, an immediate rematch. Like, I get the reason for it. But at the same time, I'd want to see this division just move on a little bit. Like, how many immediate rematches do you get at that point? And... You know, there's. I said this to you that night, but the more I think about it, I'm not so sure. But I thought originally that uh, Dreykus Duplessis was the biggest loser of this oh, fight yeah. card because Yikes. his title shot just got snatched pretty much. Because if Strickland fights Izzy again, that yeah. puts even more time. There, yeah. And, you there know, you people forget that he beat Robert Whitaker. Like, that's crazy. Exactly. And I think he deserves a title shot. All like, he the, should fight Strickland. Exactly. All these guys that have already fought Adesanya, like, now should be getting the first crack at Strickland. But do you think anybody really has more of a right to it than DDP? Like, maybe Costa, but I don't, I'm not, I think one more fight for him, maybe. Yeah, that sounds about, that sounds about right. Um, what do you think? Because it's think tough, because obviously, <laughs> if you have to figure out the immediate rematch thing first, like, obviously, I would think that's, like, a sort of, like, contract thing. So, even if they wanted to go another I don't know. direction. I don't think they do those immediate rematch clauses in the UFC. I would hope, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I hope not either. I don't, I've never heard of that, though, in MMA. I hope yeah, it's not. Yeah, because, like, especially, <laughs> especially too, you know, Adesanya literally just had one of the greatest reigns with the title at middleweight, like, we'll ever see. 
and he, you know, obviously he just got it back. And obviously this rain is nowhere near what that other rain was. So. And it's just like, what are we doing at that point? Like, if he beats Strickland, then we're back to square one again. Nobody's, he's lapped everybody. He's fought everybody <laughs> two times yeah, already. Yeah, the division can't <laughs> move. Yeah, like, I, I think that right now, you know, with all due respect to Izzy, because I think he's yeah, one yeah. of the greater champions that we've seen, but just for the sake of moving on. And it's not like if Strickland and DDP fight... He's not in the conversation for a title shot because if Duplessis wins, he's probably getting the first crack. So, and even if Strickland wins, he's still more likely to get a rematch than most other people in that division. Yeah. So, I just I hope that they just <laughs> take the next step because I get that. I mean, honestly, I don't know if I do get it that Israel Adesanya is one of the bigger stars in the UFC in terms of like the casual audience, but I think Sean Strickland is a guy that appeals to, like, the true hardcore fan, like, the Just Bleed, diehard UFC fans we're watching every week because this dude says anything that's on his mind. And we don't see that really anymore, like, in sports in general. So to see that someone like Sean Strickland, who's well, I, very against yeah, the fold, it, is, like, the champion. I think crazy. it's just a guy who just knows who he is and what he loves to do and what he's best at and what he does for a living and that's literally commit violence on other people so like you know i think not to say that obviously like obviously these fighters are people too and like they need to be respected as such but you know like everyone's got personality and in this sport of all of all freaking sports is like the last one I would think you want to fake it till you make it in. Very so true. especially in the just, UFC, exactly, like, dude. Just like let your let your freak flag fly. Like you are already displaying a style. Like you're already bringing something. Obviously for obviously a promotion like UFC to want you in their company. Like you're already bringing something to the table that people want to see and are interested in that is unique to you. So like. You know, bring, you know, just, you already have your own personality. Like, don't try to change that. And then, you know, obviously, yeah. you have that looming over your head on top of already fighting. So, I just think there's so much, like, phoniness in this world and in and out of sports that, like, when people see someone like a Sean Strickland who doesn't care and he's just, like you said, he's being himself and he talks without a filter because he doesn't care what you really think of him because he's happy in his own life with what he does. I mean, he even said before and after that the belt doesn't define him. Yeah, not man. Who he is. I like, dude, I, it's really like it was really just a few like years ago it was like, you know, he just got a win on the prelims, I'm sure, or you know, just another just like throwaway apex card. And we were talking about his motorcycle accident too, like that yeah. people don't even really talk about that. He lost a few years of his career from. It's, it's like, yeah, guy's dude. got a crazy story. This is his twentieth UFC fight, and he just won the middleweight title versus one of the greatest fighters yeah, of this man. generation. It's like I don't care about the titles, nothing. Like you give me the the opportunity, sure. Like obviously, like I want to get paid, but at the end of the day, I just want to fight for a living. Yeah, I mean, thank the UFC pretty much for, quote, like, saving his life because he says if it wasn't for this, he might be causing violence on the street. So it's good that the world has a place for people like him. And it truly does for Sean Strickland because he's the middleweight champ. And what I guess just this last thing about the uh, the main event, what, what did you think of um, Adesanya only, like, saying one little statement at the press conference and then having Eugene there? Do you think that that was anything or just... 
just what was going to happen either way. Because he did say win or lose, he was going to do that. But you really never know, I guess, right? Like, what do you think of his post-fight demeanor? I guess that's, like, more my question. Just Um, using that as an example of it. Um... But yeah, I don't even. It's so it's tough to read, isn't it? it? Like, yeah, that's kind of how is. I felt. Because on the one hand, I get it, like from the human perspective, like I just fought and I'm in not in my home country, but near my home country. I know the Australians and New Zealanders they have quite the rivalry, so I don't want to piss them off, you know. But um, I, I just think that, like from a human aspect, I get it. Like you want to be with your family, especially like, after you just lost that fight, which I doubt he thought was going to happen coming in. Especially with all the outside stuff, too. Nobody was really giving Strickland a chance. So, I don't know. I get it. I think he'll come back stronger, whether it's against Strickland or somebody else. You know, I, I, he's got a lot of options, obviously. Like, he could stay at 185 or still could still go up to 205 if he wanted to. Probably have to bulk up a tiny bit after that last one, seeing the result against uh, Jan Black Blahovich. And... Yeah, I, I think the middleweight division, though, in general, is just in a great spot because of this, because there's new blood. I think a lot of MMA fans are happy that Strickland is the champ, and we're going to get some excitement no matter what from him and Israel Adesanya in the future, I'm sure of that. But let's get into a couple other things on this card, like the co-main event. That honestly kind of got overshadowed by the crazy upset in the main event, but Alexander Volkov Submitted tied to Ivasa with an Ezekiel choke. Don't see that every day. And not too much to say on this fight. More just like to give props to Volkov because I think he is like one of the more underrated heavyweights out there. He's ran into some tough matchups, bad luck at the end of fights. And, you know, that might just be who he is, but I do think he's a good heavyweight and somebody that you obviously you can't sleep on because, I mean, look at what happened in this fight. I'm sure some people thought the hometown kid. Tied to Ivasi, he's going to knock him out and it's going to be this crazy thing. And that's not at all what happened. Volkov was control the whole fight. The only thing Ty could really land was like leg kicks. And I thought he did a decent job at that. But that was really, you know, you're not going to do much with that against a guy like Volkov. So, yeah, I just think he's like a dark horse in that division. Like somebody who I don't know if they'll ever make a true run. But I think the potential of it is still there. Especially at heavyweight because you could be a little older. At heavyweight, as we've seen with like guys like Steve A, DC, and even John Jones now. But yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you have anything else to say about it. But I was gonna just move on. Yeah, no, it's but. it's a yeah. I mean, like you you'd, uh, summed it up pretty much just how it went. Like Volkov just dominated honestly from pillar to post, and now it's like All obviously too. yeah exactly you get obviously now another like clear rising contender and it's like well you know we're getting just closer and closer to you know john jones and stipe miocic throwing down for the title so obviously the winner of that it's gonna you know it's gonna take the division in a huge direction one way or the other so yeah i think honestly until we know what the intent is of whoever wins that jones Stepe fight, that's like when we'll really start to be able to shape the heavyweight division because yeah. if Jones or Stepe is willing to fight guys like Aspinall or Sergey Pavlovich, then then there's more of like there's more clarity there. But if one of them just vacates, then it's you know, the door's wide open. But anyway, let's move on to the um the next fight. Manel Kate versus uh I think it was 
Dos Santos, right? Because this was like a short notice one, so it did kind of catch me off guard, I won't lie. But he, uh, he took Dos Santos's. oh, I thought that was pretty, you know, worth mentioning. He, I think they said he was going to fight on the Contender Series, and I forget what reason it didn't happen, but then Cape's fight fell out, and then they put him in on short notice. They're like, well, here's your chance. <laughs> and I thought he did pretty good, honestly, like in terms of what I thought was going to happen. I, I think he looked decent, but Cape's counter-striking along with just how quick he is on the feet, I think that was just too much for uh, for his opponent. And I, I like him. He's like, you know, we're talking about Volkov. I think Cape is, you know, a dark horse in that flyweight division. And maybe not even so much of a dark horse anymore. I mean, he called out Kai Carl France afterward. That's a fight that I would love to see. I think it was booked already, too, but they canceled it. Um, let's see if I can. I don't know if I can find that. But I know, because I know I saw, I think it was on Instagram, Manel Cape has had like four fights canceled in the past year. It's nuts. So, you know, he was eager to get in there and prove a point. And. You know, his post-fight interview was crazy, to say the least. I know some people were talking about that. The fact that uh, him and someone on the prelims were, uh, they said, a homophobic slur, obviously. Not good. Not smart, honestly. You know, I I get what Dana said when they asked him about it, saying um, that these guys, you know, they're probably fresh off this crazy adrenaline rush and they're probably not thinking straight. And... I, they both did apologize, but yeah, I mean, I think it goes. I, I'm pretty sure you agree with me when you uh, when I say that they, you shouldn't say things like that. You know, like you gotta have more awareness than that. You're on TV. You know, I know Manel Cape was on pay per view, but the other guy is on ESPN Plus or normal ESPN. Y- you can't say things like that. Like that's just insane. But you know, Dana said what he said about it. I don't think they're going to be facing Dude, any consequences. But. The entire, like, fight week, and then obviously after the fight itself, like, yeah. he was just a loose freaking cannon the whole fight. Whole fight he's amped, time. dude. He's ready to go. Seriously. <laughs> he's talking to, he's talking to Izzy. And I thought he actually brought up a good point after his fight, or after the card, I should say, because, um... He, he made a really interesting comparison that, like, you would have never thought that he was going to make because he's way below 185. But he was talking about that thing with Izzy. And what he was saying to Izzy was, like, you know, focus on your guy. And he said, if you think back to when Strickland fought Behera, and he, was, he said that to Strickland. He's like, focus on your guy. This dude's dangerous. And he's like... The parallel there yeah. is just interesting to me because Strickland obviously ended up losing his fight and Adesanya ended up losing this fight versus Strickland now. And I don't know, like it's interesting the way MMA works sometimes. And I thought it was funny that he brought that up. And I'm like, yeah, like that is funny that he said that. And then he did the exact opposite. And then look what just happened. I don't think there's really anything crazy to say that I don't know if there, there's not like a curse or anything. I'm not really a believer of that. But. Yeah, that was interesting, in my opinion. But the card was fun in general. You know, the crowd was is obviously always crazy in Australia. And a couple of hometown people got the wins. You know, Justin Taffa, he won by a devastating, like devastating knockout. And then Tyson Pedro, he beat someone who now owns my personal favorite nickname in MMA, the Pleasure Man. Now, like, I only brought this fight up. First of all, shout out to Tyson Pedro because he looked great in there. And 
I thought he was getting hit a little bit at first, but then came back strong within that same round and beat the Pleasure Man. But the Pleasure Man, dude, when I first heard that nickname, I was dying laughing. And even Tyson Pedro Fight Week was confused by it. He's like, I don't know how long I want to be in the cage with somebody who calls themselves that because if he's enjoying it a little too much. <laughs> but I'm just like, that is an, that's awesome. Like, what, one of my old favorites was Eric, your boy, Anders. I thought that that's an interesting one, mainly because when Bruce Buffer says it, it's just funny. But the pleasure, man, that's that's amazing, no matter who who says that one into the mic, whether it be Bruce Buffer, Joe Martinez, doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's all I got on UFC 293. If, um, so I'm just going to get into uh, next week a little bit, a little preview. We got... Alexa Grasso versus Valentina Shevchenko 2 on ESPN+. Plus. This isn't a pay-per-view, which is awesome, I think, for the fans. The last time we had a title fight that was on a non-pay-per-view card was 2020. Can you? I don't know if you looked at the outline before, but can you guess who it is if you didn't? Oh, so who was the last the last title fight on a non-pay-per-view? Right, and it was, it was 2020. I will give you that. So if you can think back to that pandemic year, it was um, during that. Yeah, I mean. I'll even tell you it was on Fight Island. So like, think that era. Yeah, uh, man. You're gonna. I know you're yeah, gonna be mad if you don't, I don't get it. Even, shit. You want me to tell you? Yeah, I'm blanking. Figgy versus Benavidez too. Oh. Right, like. Yeah. Way back, Benavidez doesn't even fight anymore. Like, that was crazy to me when I saw that yeah. because I was curious. That flyweight. Yeah, flyweight was really taken off then. It seemed like even, you know, especially obviously the Moreno and Figueredo rivalry, like their fight at the end of that year. Um, yeah, it's we, year there's, yeah, it's been some wild stuff since then. Yeah, it's crazy that it's been that long. But I'm happy that this fight is happening between Grasso and Shevchenko. And this yeah. card's good, like, anyway. You know, the co-main is Kevin Holland versus Jack Del Madalena, which is going to be crazy. You nice. got Jeez, uh, Raul dude. Rosas Jr. Kevin fighting. Kevin Holland just keeps fighting killers. It's crazy. This is going to be a fun card. I don't think there's like a lot of names that casual fans know, but when I'm looking at these matchups, you They're know, good, I see Tracy yeah. Cortez They're versus Jasmine. Just oh, I always mess up her name. You know who I'm talking about? Jasmine just yeah. super vicious. Yeah. Versus Tracy Cortez. That's on the prelims. That's a fun fight. I think that's going to be an interesting one in the grappling department, personally. I love every time Roman Kopolov fights because his fights are always crazy. Uh, other names like Luby Godinez. Uh, I just mentioned, obviously, Raul Rosas Jr. He's fighting Terrence Mitchell. That should be a slugfest, I think. That'll be a fun one if Rosas can't get... I, I don't know, man. That, that's, Rosas, every time he's been in the cage so far, it's been interesting. So I'm curious to see how he does. <laughs> and this is... Um, uh, I think it's... Yeah, this is it. Oh, it says it right here. Duh. T-Mobile Arena. So that'll be fun, too. That's a fight venue yeah. if there ever was one. So either way, can't wait to see what happens. And we'll be back next week to talk about it. See ya.